Okay, welcome to our Fate of Midgard game. This is our Stranded in the Southlands campaign, and I am your Game Master Porter, and our players tonight are Aaron and Tiffany. Tiffany, go ahead and introduce us to your characters. I play Mira Barkridge. She is a well-meaning, earth eccentric earthen enchantress. Her trouble is stop selling... Uh, which I think definitely played into session last time. Uh, her aspects are horticulture for hire, herbalist hobbyist. She is the caretaker of the figs. Her um, newest aspect is I miss my grove. And she has two pieces of gear, the winter court dagger and a very broken non-functional staff of four seasons. Awesome. Aaron, go ahead and introduce us to your character. I play Eleanor Westergaard. And she is a human sorceress. Um, her high aspect is glamorous infiltrating hunter. Her trouble is venom in my veins. Her other aspects include fantastical facades, Westergaard family business, and lady on a mission. Um, and then she also has another aspect that she's picked up that I think is still in play called drunk on the sea. Yes, that was a sort of sort of a a, a consequence. Um, from your run-in with that sea nymph out in the in the desert on your way here. Yep. So I'm not sure how long that's going to stay there. That should, um, as soon as basically as soon as at this point, as soon as you guys get a good rest in, you can uh, you can try to wipe it away. Okay. Yeah. But for now, it's still there. And then my gear aspect is the uh, vampiric dagger. Let's do a quick recap of what we did last time. What do you? What stands out to you? What do you remember? Uh, the city is pretty intense. We got a um, a pretty solid tour of the grounds of the palace and made our way through via carpet past every checkpoint we possibly could until. Um, we could go no further. <laughs> and upon meeting the guards at the embassy, um, or rather upon reaching the embassy, we met with guards and they did not want to let us pass or uh, give us any information about what happened to the ambassador who evidently was arrested. And we had to maybe reveal a bit more about our identity identity than Eleanor was comfortable with. I was definitely it... not happy that Mira <laughs> let it slip that we were Daughters of the Oasis, and I definitely thought that some people should die. Um, I feel like that actually came a little later. <laughs> threatened a little murder. Well, regardless, murder was threatened, and <laughs> no one uh, identities were revealed. <laughs> um, but it got us to the chief of staff, who we met, named Vera, and she was the one that carried out the arrest. And um, after a private viewing of the figs themselves, she allowed us audience with the imprisoned ambassador. Yalter was telling us about the goings-on and what he knew of the situation. And um, the winter court and the summer court are... Um, both fey courts whose leaders are married, but they are bitter rivals. So by by our offer to the God King, 
as sent via via Vera, she said that she would convey the message to the God King that we may pose to him an offer he might find agreeable um, if he allowed us to uh, go with Yalter back to the embassy so we could make contact with the Oasis. And that is where we left off. So we will pick up right where we left off with um, uh, leaving with Vera. So she takes you down to the bottom of the tower and makes a fairly uh, abrupt exit, um, that, assuring you that she will be in touch to please uh, send her a message as soon as you find accommodations in the city. This will probably take a few days. So let her know where she can re where you can be reached as soon as she's able to secure the next steps. And with that, um, her guards escort you out of the palace. Unless you're going to pull some shenanigans on the way out. No. <laughs> no I think we got to... We gotta take a take a beat and plan more shenanigans. <laughs> and you did just come here straight here after some really long travels. Y'all yeah. y'all are gross from the road. <laughs> I could use, no, I could use we, a bath um, and a hot meal. We had our nice little spa day at the crocodile thing. We're fine. <laughs> Your mud spa. <laughs> the naked run from the crocodile. <laughs> We're great. Yeah. All right. So you are My out. My pores are clear, but I am You're... sweaty. Yeah. I want it back. <laughs> you leave the palace and you are standing outside in a beautiful, lush, green, circular kind of gar series of gardens that, that uh, surround the palace. And from here, um, you are free to explore the city for a few days. So during, just for clarity, for, for clarity, the ambassador is still going to be chilling in his like posh prison. Yes. For a few days until Vera works it out with the King and we hang out in town for a while. So we have time to just kind of kick it. Correct. Days. Yes. Okay. Yeah, she, she made it sound like days. You are outside the palace in the lush gardens, surrounded by an amazing city. What would you like to do? I think we need to establish, like, a base of operations. Like, yes. if we're going to be here for a while, we need to, like, check in, settle in, I find like a place where... Maybe that's something we should have talked to Vera about, that, you know, we need accommodations... She didn't really seem accommodating. She didn't really want to give us much. She barely wanted to deliver a message on our behalf. Can we stay at the embassy of the figs? No. No, there's guards. <laughs> Dead stop. No. But yeah. we are from the Oasis of the Figs. Yeah. No. They're, they're, that's not, that's off limits. I think it would actually probably be better for us if we found like a neutral location that is kind of like, not necessarily like a hideout, but yeah, like a base of operations that like we control, that we're not like beholden to any higher power who we may have to offer up in order to exchange. Da, da, da. Like, I think a simple gold transaction to get a room somewhere would be more than sufficient. And probably anonymity being on our side wouldn't be a terrible idea. 
I think that's a good idea. Let's not go out to the scary places. Let's try to like spend a little extra money and get somewhere nice, like maybe close, sure. close to the palace. So you yes, want to be inside the inner inner wall. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Sounds good. So you pick a direction, not really knowing where you're going, but you go start. You start looking, and sure enough, in this very nice part of town there are definitely fewer inns but you are able to find one that seems like a much more like a upscale place it's a law it's a little off of the main road coming in the that you came in from the east that uh, would be the typical trade entrance of any merchants that are coming into the city from the river and then you know probably peddling their goods among the wealthy of the inner the inner section of the city. So uh, it's a very nice-looking establishment, and you are easily able to get yourself some accommodations. It is expensive, but you have money right now, and it's, uh, it's manageable, and it does seem very comfortable. And I think it's in our particular scenario, you get what you pay for is I think the extra money that we pay sort of like for the room and board, I think like, at least in my mind, I'm chalking that up to like what that also offers in like security repute. Oh, yeah. You know, I think all of these things are going to work to our advantage and worth the coin. Yeah, this is not a place where you're going to have to worry about pickpockets and yeah. And we don't want to have to worry about that. We want to be able to leave because we have some really good provisions. I was going to say, we want to leave our valuables and we want to leave them secure. Yeah. Where no game master can touch them. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You're going to take them. Um, okay, so you you get settled in. Probably about It's probably getting into the evening. You are... Uh, able to have a lovely dinner either there at the the inn itself they serve food or you can go find any number of nice of uh, good restaurants in the area and and can uh, spend a peaceful evening and get yourselves kind of relaxed what what uh, is there anything you want to do this evening in the city i think we're taking showers and getting a nice hot meal and going to sleep Okay. Yeah, I think just sort of R and R, not doing anything is the something that that uh, I want to do for sure. Yes. I think that is well deserved after everything you've been through. At this point, you can have a full refresh because the next few days are going to be kind of quiet. So Woo-hoo! any fate points you have spent, yes. you recover. I was at two, you so two. now I'm at three. That okay. is fantastic. Here's I'm your token. With... Whoa, you have five fate points. I to do me. because my. Um, which actually leads me into the next thing I want to do. Um, but currently, since my staff is broken, mm. I'm at five. But right. I will go down to four once I fix it, but I'll get there. Um, after how much rest does my mummy rot fall off? <laughs> oh, she yes. She did have that mud bath. <laughs> I did have a mud bath, and nobody mentioned it. Nobody like was like, What's up with your face at that palace? So, yeah, no, um, you're right. I think we can say that has because that yeah that was a you recovered it immediately after 
or you you began the recovery process immediately after, and then you had all your whole journey. So we'll say that is cleared up now. Okay. So your consequence slots are clear. Aaron, uh, Eleanor can remove her drunk on the sea condition. Oh, but that was so fun. It, it was, was kind of fun. <laughs> it was kind of fun. I kind of like having those different aspects that kind of pop up as consequences. Yeah. I, they're really fun. They're fun. They're good. Yeah, I like those as like con- as con- as a success at cost kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. we should have more of those. Um, I almost want to believe that, like, in the deep recesses of Eleanor's mind, like, this is my headcanon, like, every time she ever, like, looks out at the coast or, like, looks out at the water, she, her her gaze just lingers just a second longer. <laughs> a little bit of just embedded like, memories. Yes. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Aww. So, speaking of which, uh, um, I think since our last time, if you had any... Are, is your hungry box uh, or thir- thirsty? Is it fully cleared at this point? Yes. Okay. All right. So you're 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 experiencing these tattoos, just bl- totally managing your um, your hunger. It's still like a presence in the back of your mind, especially if you're ever in like very close proximity to lots of people, like in a crowd or something like that. Like it's aware, but it's definitely made made it much less um, occupying. Well, but I also think that it's uh, making her feel very powerful. Um, she, mm. she still is remembering what Lady Alashra said about her being a very powerful vampire if she were to change. And um, the fact that she now knows that she can use her powers mm-hmm. because she wasn't really letting herself go to those places. Sure. Until yeah. like we absolutely She was like actively shutting out that part of yeah. her mind. Until like we actually needed it. And then when it was like, oh, kind of like experimenting with it and then wow, now I have a way to control it. Mm-hmm. So we can use this power and we don't necessarily have to be as careful totally. with it. You know, I mean she's right. definitely I think that's the reason that last time she was kind of on a little bit of a power trip of like, well, we're just going to like go in here and get what we need because what are you going to do? Stand in our way? Mm-hmm. That's you know? her. So I think that's maybe why she is being a bit bolder. Yeah. And you probably will see a bit, I don't know, okay. more bold Eleanor in the yeah. next few times. So She's I like that. Stretching her legs. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> that's exciting. So you have a nice rest and over the next couple days you have a few days in which you can explore the city go to the uh for the uh um forest of obelisks the big bazaar that you passed on the way here you can go to the docks where they have uh, you know big markets right on the big boats uh in the um at the at the docks themselves you can go seek specialists out. You can look for information. Um, if you want to hunt down, if you wanted to try and learn more about any other topics, this is a major, this is the biggest city in the, um, in the Southlands. This is bigger than Perbastet? Definitely. Oh, wow. This is a, Metro- this is a metropolis of the south, basically. I guess looking at the map, it doesn't look as large as Perbastet. Yeah, I think that's just because of the way it's Perbastet. The the map of Perbastet is laid out larger. It's this is a bigger, definitely a bigger center, oh. city center. Okay. 
um, and more powerful. Um, Pervaset is just really vibrant and scrappy. Mm. With a lot of ver- with a lot of variety in its districts, mm-hmm. um, and but uh, you've already seen in just the brief time you've been here, you've seen a lot of pretty blatant magic flying around in terms of like wizards at the docks, in terms of enchantments just um, casually being used around the palace, the uh, glowing wards along the river as you were coming in. This place is. Um, especially for you, Eleanor, as a sorcerer who ma- for whom magic is not something you learned, it's something that is, like, very natural in your being, this place, like, thumps with magical power in a way that Perbestet doesn't. And that's because of the titanic ley lines running right through the city along the river. So a magic school that I am toying with, um, adding to her mm. repertoire is portal magic. Um, oh! And I feel like somebody talked about the wizards, the, the portal wizards, and I think that was in conjunction with the uh, pyramid that we have to go to. So you guys might want to, this is, this. if you guys want to do some discovery about Paranu. Yes, that was it. This is the place to do it, because between here, when you leave here to head to Puranu, there is not a lot in between here and there. You'll be mostly in survival mode. So if you want to do any sort of, like, informational discovery, this is your chance to do it. So Puranu, there's a god king there. Yes. Right? Yes. Is there any other people around? I guess, does anyone, like, worship? You should probably go go find that out. So I'm just curious how we would go about... Because, I I mean, I don't think you just... Finding, like, a scholar or um, some kind of, like, disciple or some kind of maybe religious sect that would guide us. Like, who would we talk to to find more information about that? So... Historian or something? Yeah, so there's a couple things. So first of all, it is not and it is not just a it is not just his 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 home. It is an actual city. It is just a very exclusive city. And so there are definitely traders might know things about it. It is an econ- it does have an economy. It does have people living there. Oh. It is an actual city. It is just a small city full of very strange th- inhabitants. Um okay. And but it is a landlocked place; is a long way from any water. So, like sailors are not the people you need to talk to. That would make sense. So it sounds like we are headed maybe to the forest of obelisks. You said that's the big bazaar. That is the big bazaar. Yes, and then the barge souk along the river is the other kind of major trade center. But we probably won't go to the barge souk because that's more of a sailing. Correct. Yeah, so... Well, at least for that particular... I mean, we may find that we need something that we could go there for as a resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I definitely think that, like, recon re-per-anu is really important and something we are going to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um. Something that I know is, like, has Mira chomping at the bit mm-hmm. is to find another goddamn druid. <laughs> <laughs> somebody else to talk to whose magic is tied to the earth. Because uh-huh. as you said, you know, Perbestet was vibrant, but pretty scrappy. 
it seemed like everybody was just trying to survive and and i mean that is the difference that like mira is has been surviving but it's been a long time since she's felt like she's thrived and she knows especially with the the river and the green life that um that sort of co covers this place that she wants to find some other um you know magic tied individual that thrives in this environment that she could maybe like connect with in a way that it's like oh this place is so different from my sort of home environment mm -hmm. but somebody that she has enough in common with that she could maybe learn from or you know seek either guidance or wisdom or resources or something from and maybe would be able to help her repair the staff so um okay so you guys have some some things to explore in the city so you can yes. do so this is really comes down to information gathering so yeah. you can go we can so what what i'm what i think we should do is define your objectives and then we'll kind of go from there in a challenge format of how of kind of a series of of overcome roles to explore and uh, unlock the information you're looking for so we want to talk to Yalter. Are we just killing time? You're waiting. You're waiting for a few days for that opportunity. Yes. Okay. So yes, I would like to go to the Forest of Obelisks to gather information on Paranu, possibly Zobek, and learn about the Shadow Fae. Mm. I'm not sure if maybe that. It kind of seems like those are both kind of sketchy things that perhaps you know we'll find both those sets of information in the same area or through the same people okay and tiffany do you want to also support that goal or do you want to kind of go off on your on your own information gathering or your own searching um i i don't necessarily i mean solo missions are not you know always the most fun because i know we like to do things as a group frankly i would love to go be part of the Peranu. um recon and so i think that um i would like to have the first-hand knowledge of the conversations that okay. um eleanor is going to have so i want to be a part of all that um but i don't know if eleanor wants to come along and hang out with you know some new druid buddies i hope to make um to kind of come along even though it's i don't want to say self-serving because of course it's all serving the greater mission but um but i don't know maybe we do like a we, I, I don't want to split up. Is the is yeah. what I want yeah, to say? Yeah, I don't think, I don't we think it up. serves either of us to split up. No, sort of tactically. Okay. No, I think we need to keep the buddy system firmly in place. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So go ahead and let's begin. Are you so um, going out and seeking information is generally probably going to be either clever or bold, depending on. You know, there's other possibilities, but that's the most obvious applications of kind of socializing to ask people good questions and then kind of follow up on those threads. I think speaking with like a, maybe just the innkeeper of like where we are, because the innkeepers will <clears throat> um, know kind of the comings and goings of travelers and how long they stay, what their business is, and might be able to point us towards somebody who came from that way or who has connections. Okay. 
So go ahead and give me one of you. Give me your first clever roll. Uh, that is a plus three for me. All right. That will do nicely. Thank you. So, Tiffany, you, um, in a bit of gabbing with the innkeeper, um, they they don't know anything about Perinu. However, they, um, they do know that quite a few traders come in and or co- pick up their goods here that they then will transport over land between here and Puranu. And in particular, spice traders might be a uh, um, something to, to look for, but land traders will be the ones that you'll want to speak with because they often will pick up things that have been coming through the river, the, the river trade system, and that they'll take them uh, okay. west. So either caravans camel troops or sand ships are your avenues or at least a place to start that's about the extent of what she knows she doesn't know much of much about Peru at all so any so spice traders are just among the folks that mm-hmm. okay. one of many types of Merchants that will have shops in the uh, little tents in the forest of obelisks. Okay. Um, so we should definitely head, head there and go to the marketplace and see if we could even see any of these, um, you know, folks that look like they maybe have kind of a fleet of camels or, you know, a sand ship mm-hmm. or two. Um, poke it out from behind a stall or something. Okay, so Mira, this is like this is this is familiar ground for you in terms of your family history. Um a little bit different uh you know culture of traders, but you you know merchants. You understand you understand them and the way they the way they work, the way they talk, the way they deal. And so uh this is this is comfortable for you. So you are easily able to kind of identify a group of different um, land-based traders based on some of the gear you see going on. And uh, it's not very hard at all to find kind of a section of spice traders. They, like a lot of different other kind of markets, they tend to cluster in types of, Mm -hmm. uh, in little spots naturally so that people looking for a one type of thing can all compete. So, uh, go ahead and give me a, um, go ahead and give me a clever roll to, uh, to see how well you engage, um, or actually give me focus in order to figure out, to perceive who is, um, your, who are, who are the best targets? See how well I choose amongst the crowd at the yes, market? <laughs> exactly. Uh, not great. Oh. <laughs> I start talking to a fire hydrant. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> this is only a plus one focus. Yeah, no, that you need a two. I'm looking for a two. This is not a hard challenge, so the most of the tests I know, I just had two. a really dumb roll. Yep, you sure did. So you can either take a, uh, since you're in a failure mode, you can either spend a fate point to change that result, or you can take a success at a major cost, 
or you can let the failure ride. I mean, I have five fate points. I feel like this is a stupid thing to fail on. Just like I'm talking to the wrong person and I don't necessarily want a major consequence to come from that. Yep. Um, fair enough. Because we've already had pretty serious consequences inadvertently talking to wrong people or even the right people. So, um, okay, I am rolling. Uh, ooh, would I roll again or would I just take my two? So you have a choice. You can roll again or take a plus two. Since you failed by one, a plus two will give you a success. So depending yeah, I'll on... take the plus two. Okay. I'm not going to risk these dice. All right. And uh, in this case, I actually think this is probably, you can probably use your, norm normally troubles don't get positive invokes, but this is absolutely a case where that that's your aspect kind of tied to your your merchant background. Yeah. So I think that's, pro unless you, unless there's another one that feels right to you. No, that makes sense. This is, I mean... Uh, yeah, stop selling is basically anything for a deal, except I talk too much. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, frankly, talking too much probably is what got me to uh, going talking from the wrong person to the right person in the first place. That's a really good point. I like that. Okay, cool. So, spend your fate point. <laughs> I start, I start rambling and rambling and giving this whole preamble. Hail and well met, traveler. I'm blah blah blah, and then it's like, no, no, talk that guy. That's the one you want to talk to. <laughs> Excellent. So next thing you know, so spend your fate point. Next thing you know, the two of you are face to face with a Knoll spice trader named Tolota, who is a very large Knoll female. Uh, you have started picking up that Knoll females seem to be larger than the males. Are they nicer? Uh, gen generally, no. Oh. Or at least no better. And what was um, her name again? Tolota. Tolota. And, but she is, she is very large and she is, she seems very like fierce, but in a, um, but also very, uh, very, very sly. She seems, she's very, she's sizing you up, trying to see what she can maybe get out of you, but she seems to actually know quite a bit about this uh, area. She got pointed to you. You got directed to her by a cut after a string of conversations that she is a trader who actually does make her way to Paranu on her, her routes as a spice trader. So with that, she, um, she lets you know that the, her business is primarily in the red, uh, in the red market, which is a, the center of trade in Paranu, and it specializes in meat and drink. The city does a big trade in things like goat, camel, beef, ostrich, ale and wine, and a, one of the, and a very, very high quality spice market, which she specializes in. So she gathers a lot of her, her exotic spices here. And then makes the trek back to Perinu, and she does a lot of her her year kind of back and forth between the two cities, and takes tends to take nice holidays here, and then makes a few treks back and forth there each year, and that kind of keeps her business thriving. And then the but the red market is also specializes in necromantic resources. Necromancy. Good. Lots of lots of eating, lots of drinking, and raising the dead. Basically, yes. Party city. <laughs> so she also lets you know that the city 
embraces those who are have a strong connection to the afterlife. So there's a lot of priests of Anuakma, the god of the underworld, some followers of Bastet, lots of undead. Knolls seem to have a strong an interesting connection to the city that comes quite naturally. And what's weird about the city is that if you're not aligned to the spirit of the city, it's really hard to find. It's not just follow the road. It's hidden among the hills and dunes of the area where it is. And it's if, if you are someone who is very kind of up, opposed to the nature of the city, you might never even find it. It's yeah. a weird city. And the spirit of the city being open to undead or necromancy. A strong or... connection to death or the afterlife. A mass oh. murderer would probably walk right in and be like, oh, hey, it's here. Whereas someone who has devoted themselves to healing and and preservation of life and the, mm. you know, uh, you know, a... Uh, I wonder if Mira will be okay well, there's two of I you together. I was actually just thinking the opposite. I mean, we're sort of a yin and yang in this situation where I may have a hard time if I was alone, but those of us with perhaps a vampiric touch, a maybe semi-undead connection. Yeah. I know that like the undead capital U are like, you know, right. a totally different like kind of folk, but like... Yeah. I don't know where on the alignment of like living and dead, the vampires in this world kind of lay, but that I feel like might be something that might be more your leaning than mine. I'm wondering if maybe I should try to have some of my boxes of my thirsty ticked because if the further I can get on that, the closer I can get to it. Very good idea. It's a very good idea. Have yourself a snack for the road to kind of like, like you know, spark up your your undead <laughs> GPS. Yes, <laughs> and uh, and push your limits a bit. And yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Um, Tolota also. So she mentions that there's a lot of that priests of Aniwakma are the most common. That's the most common priesthood there. Aniwakma is one of the major deities of the Southlands, and his. He has kind of two major faces that are super into or masks uh, that are super intertwined, and no one—they're they're basically in, inseparable. Anuakma and Anubis, um, but he is the god of the underworld, and there are plenty of those here in this city as well. Um, Tolota also mentions the Embalmers Guild is the most powerful guild in Peranu, and they also have a strong presence in this city because of the god the preservation of the god kings in fact most of the god kings actually make a when they're getting preserved after death they get transported to Puranu and then are brought back here but there's a strong presence of an embal of the embalmers guild here as well um, so they must have a pretty protected i mean if they're constantly taking some of the most powerful entities i would say back and forth on the road like I mean, that's got to be like a, like an envoy. That's got to be like a, I mean, the yes. equivalent of like armored vehicles and escorts and. Oh yeah. 
for sure. And those don't happen very often. There's only so many of these individuals. But right. Yes, that which would almost be... makes it more the you know they can hide behind palaces and guards and stuff. But when you're like open on the road, that sounds like I mean not that anybody would like necessarily ambush a god, but <laughs> um, sounds like an it's adventure just very interesting. Of its own. The transporting back and forth is very interesting in terms of like what that means for opportunities. Um, and then the last thing they mentioned is just that the the city has a lot. There's a lot of humans there's a lot of gnolls and there's a lot of undead in particular the darakul the the uh intelligent ghoul people of midgard have a that you have heard of but you've never you've never met them either of you you've never met a darakul um they have a very strong presence in the city as well okay and why are we finding Paranu? It's because Kajima had gone there and had she asked the God King? Like, did, did she have an audience with the God she King? She had an audience with the God King there who is God King Ursu Taneti Kanet. Who is a lich. Who is a lich. His, and his honorific is the Eye of Anuakma and Warden of the Red Portal. And this city is, is, uh, the, the nickname of Paranu is the city of crimson pillars. So he knows how to navigate the shadow realm to an anchor point, which is an avenue to get to the oasis. Possibly. Yeah. Yes. That is your lead. One of the, one of the only sort of reliable ways to navigate to the oasis's location Yes. Wherever yes. it may be. So there's a couple of leads for you there. If you want to investigate further, you can. Or you can go down another road. I think that's good. We we can maybe go talk to those priests of Anuakma. Um, we can go find a druid if we want to. We can also go to like an embalming guild. I mean, we certainly got just a wealth of information. I mean, that's all really valuable. She, does she want, I mean, she just talked to us for a long time. Tiffany, does she want Tiffany, anything in Tiffany, exchange? Tiffany, I feel like Tiffany. she just gave us like the full lay of the land. Tiffany. Shh. <laughs> this, is, this, is voice. this is not character voice. This is merely just a thought. I'm I know. That's why I'm using your name, me. not Mira's name. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Oh, it's not that you don't want me to put ideas in the character's head. You don't want me to put ideas in Porter's head. Yes. She didn't. We did not have to pay anything for this. Let's just let's just move along. Take the free info. Bye. Yes. Go ahead. Um. But I'm curious about. I mean, genuinely, I'm curious about all this information. That, I mean, I'm 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 happy for it. But maybe if. <laughs> you're so mad at me. <laughs> I'm wondering. I'm not sort of mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I just want to be like, stop selling. Stop talking. You can compel me with a pinpoint. <laughs> um, okay, I think recon is fine. And we just had a lovely conversation with a stranger. And, um, and I, I'll just, I'll buy, I'll just buy something from her. I'll just buy some kind of. 
cool. Um, some ingredient. It's gotta be like go. some interesting dried... spice that you can use for. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm buying some dried herbs from her. There you go. You know, as like a gesture of like you know. You know, customers with purchase yeah. get free conversation. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. Okay, cool. Um, all right. And then I think maybe we just, in the effort of um, just sort of like making contact, we keep moving through the market and find um, a herbalist or, um, you know, somebody in sort of the nature, nature, magical arts, druidic arts. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. So as you try to pursue that thread um i definitely need definitely need another um another social another social role i think Tiffany's gonna make this one as well because she's looking for a druid yeah okay so focus um because yes yep go ahead two difficulty two Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm just at two. Yeah, that's a plus two. Okay. So you are not able to actually identify any druids um, that you're, anyone is aware of. It's not something people are very familiar with here. But the closest thing people seem to be able to point you to as you kind of are inquiring are the water wizards. Um, or water the, the water magi who pres- who manage the wards along the river to prevent flooding. Oh. Which is an absolutely essential part of this city's um, yeah, safety. Yeah, I bet. Because this is an enormous river that does flood. <laughs> They're like Elsa on Frozen 2, and they like have their little <laughs> And they freeze it, and the water comes up, and then goes away. <laughs> so they are they are at, they are wizards, but they are wizards specializing in natural forces in in nature, um, yeah. manipulation. And they are um, they are a group that is actually not terribly difficult to find if you go along the river. But you're not able to find anyone like if there are if there are any druids in the vicinity of this city. None of the people you're connecting with find them, but the the closest frame of reference they have are these water wizards. Well, they would certainly have some kind of connection to sort of like the environment. Oh yeah, able, would be a resource. I mean, even if nothing but a place to start. Yeah, very That's good. Great. So from there, if you would like to pursue that thread further, then you can, um, then you can investigate. That's going to take you out of the forest of obelisks. Okay, so before I guess we leave more of like the the commerce center, mm-hmm. um, is there a like an herbalist of any kind, or even like an apothecary, or you know somebody who ha- who sells you know components or ingredients oh, or quite a few? That is a fairly plentiful type that you can be looking for. That's not difficult. Okay. Um, what is it you are looking for? I mean, somebody who is tied to earth magic, somebody who's tied, I mean, the, I definitely want to go talk to the water wizards, but before we just leave kind of like mm-hmm. sort of the merchant area that like transactions will be a little bit easier. I just am curious if there's any kind of dealing to be done, if there's anybody who has any kind of like, um, you know, potions that may come in handy or, you know, charms of any kind, um, 
that may come from the environment around like the natural environment. So there are lots of, so there are lots of herbalists. They tend to be not nearly as um, competent or a, not a competent is the wrong word as advanced as you, mm -hmm. you are and you are a particularly powerful herbalist in terms of it being fairly tightly connected to the way you work your magic. So as you're exploring a lot of herbalists, you're finding lots of wares. There's lots of, you know, remedies, lots of elixirs, lots of minor stuff. You, there's definitely one or two who are legit, you know, magical, you know, brewers that yeah. could, you know, that, that have things to sell that are, that could be, you know, useful if you're looking to spend some coin on them. Um, yeah. but they're all people that you're like, I could do that. I could do yeah. that too. Hmm. That's so nice. Your technique's okay. <laughs> so before I leave them, I guess I'll just sort of ask this question mm -hmm. to the great and powerful GM globally, <laughs> um, is sometimes, um, uh, merchants of this ilk tend to come across items that they themselves don't know the value of. They mm. just know that they're valuable, even if they don't know the full extent and they may hold on to some special unlisted items behind the counter, things that they kind of save for the discerning traveler who knows what they're talking about. Go ahead and... Anybody hanging on to anything special that I might be able to uh, lend some insight and um, use to my advantage? So, go ahead and make a focus roll at a difficulty of five. Ooh! Ooh! -hoo -hoo. All right. I'm retiring these dice. That's it. They're dead to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, it's nothing on the dice, but so that leaves me at three, which is just a fate point away, exactly a fate point away from a success at just something that would have been fun or special if my dice had cooperated. So you're gonna, so we're you're going just... blue. We're by the river. We're going blue. I'm getting rid of my green dice. So are you are you spending a fate point to re-roll or are you letting no. it go? Well, I don't know, Eleanor. What do you think? Is it worth digging? Yeah. At like a stab in the dark at something cool, or should we no, go talk to the No, because I think he's making it up on the fly. <laughs> I am totally making it up on the fly. <laughs> okay, well, let me just tuck this away for a rainy day and just kind of, yeah. like, yeah. You know, we can always come back. This place isn't going anywhere. we got a couple of days to kill. We can always just go shopping before we leave town. This yeah, is, I'm, uh, just, this... I'm definitely hanging on to this one. I'll, I'm All definitely right. going to go shopping. This search does no not joke. yield We're anything remarkable. Cool. So this search does not yield anything remarkable. Okay, okay. So the threads that you've kind of, so you've got priests of Anuakma, you've got um, embalmers, you've got water wizards. What, what, which thread are you pursuing? I think we go talk to the water wizards and go find out what they're up to. Okay. All right. Because we already talked to the, the yeah. traders. So we got kind of like the per a new lead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, let's go oh. see what they're up to. Okay. So. As you exit the Forest of Obelisks, if you head directly north from there, you uh, you cross the major thoroughfare that you entered the city on, and you head a, a, a little ways north into the lush, um, the lush greenery that lines the river. And it is not difficult for you to find what looks 
sort of like a um, a small crew that are shoring up um, the bank of the river, and you see a bunch of laborers who are um, who are repairing the fortifications. But you also see um, a you also see a what looks what you are guessing is a water wizard who is working with a shining blue wand as he is tracing green runes onto a fortification along the riverbank. So he is working um, with a with a crew of laborers. Does he look like the river is going to break its banks if nope. I interrupt him? Nope. This, looks, this looks like maintenance work, but he does look very focused on his on his work at hand, and he's being very precise, and he is very into it. So you would definitely be interrupting. Um. Okay, so I I want to be as polite as possible, and so I'm like kind of like sidling up like first it kind of looks like i'm just observing the scene and then i kind of want to like get a little bit closer and maybe like ease into his peripheral vision like i don't even want to like cough at this point i just want to like ease into his peripheral vision so maybe like when he gets around to it he'll look over but i just want to see if he'll notice me and like address me on his terms mm -hmm. when he's ready i want to like show deference mm -hmm. for his task so that i'm not I can see I, I, that Mira is sitting there trying to be all coy and watching him and time's ticking on and we don't have time Eleanor get impatient. for these silly games. And so I just kind <clears> of, <throat> excuse me, excuse me, hello, hello there, Mr. Wizard. Um, <laughs> he, my friend would like a word. He, 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 he looks over his shoulder and he's like, and he he goes back to it he, and you see some of the runes that he's working on like start fading away no. and he he refocuses and keeps doing it and he and he there's a brief pause he's like give me 10 minutes 10 minutes and he he keeps working but sure enough in about he doesn't look over his shoulder again he in about 10 minutes he works his way across this line that he's working on and at the end the uh all of is the is he cute he, so he is um he looks like a very simple guy he's got a um his skin is olive he has a shaved head he has a uh goatee with a long beard coming off of his chin um, he is just a tiny bit overweight, a bit of dad bod. He's probably about 40-ish. He's a... So not cute. He's a professional. Oh, excuse me. Oh, Porter's dialing into my aesthetic like 100% perfectly. Excuse me, he's very cute. <laughs> not Eleanor's type. <laughs> so he, at, at, at his, at, as he finishes... The uh, the the web of blue of gr sorry the web of green runes that he's been working on suddenly gives a nice little flare and then they all go dark and he kind of tucks his wand away 
brushes his hand and kind of wipes off his uh wipes off his face and come and comes walking back over to you. Hello there. Um sorry about thank you for waiting. That needed to be done uh or I'd have lost hours of work. Um sorry. Who are you? What can I What can I do for you? I'm Tomlin and you are uh, my name is Mira Barkridge. Um, I, you're apologizing to us. So we, we interrupted your very uh, focused work and we appreciate you even taking the time to speak with us. We, um, hello, we I am Eleanor Westergaard. Uh, hello, <laughs> pleasure. Tell you what, um, I have a, sorry, what is this about? We I know our four, merely... I know the foreman over the, the foreman over there is going to, um, have questions if we linger too long no 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 this is this is purely we are travelers um i i am a um how would mira describe herself to another magic user that's a very interesting question i haven't thought about this um look at your high concept i mm mm-hmm well, I'm not sure she would be so bold as to call herself an enchantress, but um, I, I think, well, maybe not to like somebody like who she would like talk shop with. Sure. Um, maybe like lay folk. Um, but um, I myself find my um, my connection to the earth uh, very powerful, and um, I've been sort of out of my element for a very long time. And um, I, I see that your, your connection to the environment is just so, so strong. And I, I admire the power that you wield over the, the, you know, very nature itself and the, the, the might of a river uh, such as this. And I would just love the time to, um, to pick your brain and maybe share some some of your knowledge if you'd be so willing. Huh. I love how you're saying you've been out of your element for a very long time and it's been like two weeks. <laughs> it's been like fourteen days. I've been like, in the it's I, been eighty four years and I can still smell the figs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, for his part, he looks rather he looks rather rather tickled because um he's like well i i i'm honored to 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 meet you he he shakes your hand again and and uh and and it might just linger ever so slightly and he stammers a bit the water wizards are are regarded as sort of a low end of the of the magical strata here in, in Nuria, but there's a, it's an absolutely essential work, but we're often regarded as well. The, the, the plumbers of the local, of the, of the local wizards, but it is really quite exciting. And I love my work and I, I, I would love to tell you about it. If, if you're interested in, in knowing more and we, I, I, I have, just a few minutes now and i can i can i have a break i can i can take i can go we can go sit down and have a have a have a bit of have a, a glass and but i can't talk for very long now but we could certainly talk more later if 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 you're interested 
I, I would love to. I, I feel like we have a lot in common in that regard. I feel like my my power is often used as um, sort of a, a facilitating capacity myself. Um, I I tend to, in in my position, I use my power to sort of keep things keep things a trucking. And sometimes it's uh, not that it feels underappreciated, but you know. Being a cog in the greater machine and to, to speak with somebody who appreciates the work and the artistry in equal measure, I think, um, would be a lovely time. Well, come, come, come sit down for a few minutes here. And he pulls out a, he, he leads you over to a little bench and he totally turns the two, without even, you don't even think he realizes it. He totally turns the two, uh, his and Mira's back on you, Eleanor, as he leads you guys Yeah, I'm kind of getting that feeling. I'm just going to kind of let them go have their moment of their bonding over the earth and the water. It's not really my jam. Not your jam. Now Um, you know how it felt at the pallet cart. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I'm just going to kind of, I don't know, go... Skip some rocks no, in the water no, or something. I, I, please, I, I've been rude. Um, this is my my dear friend uh, Eleanor <laughs> Westergaard. Um, she and I both um, both hail from the same place, I and just um, wave. and we're tra- oh. we're traveling companions. And uh, I would love for her to kind of see uh, to see the inner workings of of more my side of things. Oh, but Mira, I'm I'm very hungry right now. It's fine. I'll go get us some. Food. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm just gonna right. kind of wander. Own, I guess. I'm just gonna kind of wander up, and I'm sure there's some stalls really close. I'm just gonna okay grab some food. So he, so Mira, you sit down with Tomlin for about ten minutes, and he is loves talking about his work, and he, uh, but he after a few minutes of kind of telling you a bit about kind of the the tr- how water wizards get trained like there's a there's actually a a uh, there's a guild it's a it's a very important group within the city and uh the, he he went through their he went through their apprentice program when he was a young when he was very young starting at 12 and and he started he kind of talks through some of that stuff and he goes so i i tell me more about what you do i i what what is your Stud, what is your mystical study? I I connect deeply with, um, with the earth and with the flora, and I've been I've been traveling in the region, and I find perhaps this environment was more. Um, are you a, arid. are you a are you a are you an agriculture wizard? Are you a are you one of the are you part of the the. Uh... The Farmer's Guild? I don't belong to any guild, per se. Um, I I spent a great deal of time um, oh. in the Mar- in the Margrave Forest and connecting with I'm the sorry, trees. where? Uh, it's way far up north. Um, I was up north for a very long time, oh. connecting with the, the deep forest spirits up there, and I found myself... Yeah, now I'm kind of maybe saying more than I should. Um, Eleanor's not around. Going like, yeah, where's my Jiminy Cricket to tell me to stop talking? Well, <laughs> no, she's off getting, getting snacks. Um, 
Um, I'm going to offer Mira a fate point to just go off and spill all the beans. Mira, I'm going to compel your stop selling aspect to keep talking and talking and talking. (laughs) And definitely revealing more than you should. Oh no, Mira! What do you say? Because Tomlin seems pretty harmless. I mean, he's he's so cute, apparently. I I can hardly help it. Shiny fate point. I know, but... You have lots of fate points. Um, okay. Can I... I think hmm. Mira would take it. I think Mira would totally take the compel. Okay, tell me mechanically if this works. Let me talk, and if I can carefully weave my words in a way that you feel like give up the ghost, you can give me the fate point and feel free to retaliate in the future as you choose, but if you feel like I covered my ass, then... Then withhold. See if you can cover your aspect. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, go for it. So as so, I found my way into a a grove of a of a mystical nature that at first I didn't understand and was completely foreign to me. But after spending enough time there, the landowner of this grove Uh grew to appreciate my aptitude and left me as the person in charge of caring of this very important garden of a type Uh and and it became my home and that is the environment through which I've been able to channel and uh, and hone my magic. Oh. And I've been removed from it for a very long time. And I really haven't been around any sort of naturalists for a very long time. And I, I just... Two weeks. All of two weeks. <laughs> I, <laughs> so he, but he, he's oh. totally... He's like, so you're a groundskeeper. Yes. Yes, precisely. And I, I, it, um, hmm. I'm a groundskeeper of, of a type of green life that is mystical in nature mm-hmm. and, and in sort of learning the powers of the land. I, upon my travels, try to learn the powers of other environments that I visit. Huh. And that's why I find your work so fascinating. Wow. Well, that just, that, he looks like he's about to launch into other thing, and then he suddenly notices, he looks up and you see the, uh, the, who you're guessing is the foreman kind of glaring over at you. And he, he kind of fingers up at the sun and you go, oh, um, I think. I think it's time for me to get back to work, but I, I'm sorry if this seems a bit forward, Mira, but I'm fascinated. Could could I buy you dinner tonight? <laughs> I, 
uh, would it be all right if if my friend Eleanor accompanied us? Because I know that whatever <laughs> we have to to talk about, I would love to share with her, and I know she would be very interested. Oh, you totally just burned him. He, he does look a little crestfallen, but of, uh, of course with, I. With the mission, and I feel I. Oh. So okay, so okay, no, okay. Real. This is important because since. I see that he's, I, I kind of see like maybe the cheek dwindle from his face a little bit. He, I see it like, like from his reaction. I So it's been so long since like <laughs> anyone's had anything to say to this <laughs> in, in any capacity familiar to this situation. Like that, that whole interaction was just so like genuinely she is, I mean, she, she thinks he's cute, but like that's just she's so far detached yeah, yeah. from like anything resembling dating or flirting that I mean these are like two you know arcane experts, right? And it's like this was shop talk, and like of course maybe like if spirits were compatible, that might turn into something cool. But like I don't know, it's like she defaults to business. I think that's what it is. It's like she defaults to like the mission, the objective business. Sure. Like I came here for knowledge and, you know, I'm collecting intel. And then my immediate reflex was, well, Eleanor and I got to hear this stuff because like you're going to tell us stuff that's important for us to getting back to the Oasis. But then like when I see how disappointed he is, it's like, oh, wait, duh. That's exactly what he, no, of course. I, I mean, if, you know, I, I'm sure she's busy. I'm sure she could find herself something to entertain her for the evening. I mean, she doesn't, I mean, that's, this is really her bag. I, I would love to have dinner with you. That would be <laughs> marvelous. Um, <laughs> could I come see, could I, where, where can I pick you up? Uh, we, you can find me at the inn of the, <laughs> the name of the location that's where we're staying. You can ask for me there. That sounds wonderful. I will be there this evening and I look forward to further chats and I really have to go. Sorry. And he Eleanor starts coming back away. at this point too. Yeah. She's got a nice little fruity drink. Enjoying it. <laughs> you see him kind of scurry away, but uh, keeps glancing over his shoulder with a big old smile. Wow. Well, Mira. <laughs> I didn't realize we were out, you know. Neither did I. Socially. Neither did Kit, you can hardly blame me. I mean, he's the first nature magic user that we've met that hasn't tried to kill us. <laughs> Ah, so I ha how did your chat go? Um, I think we will have a lot to learn from one another. And you are, I want you to know, in my heart, in my heart of hearts, I wanted, I, I included you. I offered to bring you along to our, I guess, dinner date. You tried to bring happening. me to your dinner date? Well, okay, Why I didn't you know it was like a date. I didn't know that this was what was happening. I mean... You have a date? Oh, okay. <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. You only met Eleanor. him ten minutes ago. I, 
<laughs> Fair. Weren't we Fair. supposed I'm to not be getting information on Perilou? And I'm not even saying that it's going to go anywhere. I, I was invited to dinner by a nice person whom I have a lot in common with. And I think we, as a partnership, you and I, have a lot to glean from the information that he seems very willing to freely share over the course of a meal. Ah. Would you say that would be time well spent, <laughs> if not well deserved? Can I not eat a meal with another person who uses magic? <laughs> Mira, I use, I use magic. I know, and it's not... I'm not saying another that... person is what I mean. <laughs> Somebody who brings... No, I'm, I'm teasing. Okay, I'm teasing. This, I'm teasing. this did not turn into a slide. I know, I'm teasing. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm teasing. Uh, Mira, I hope you have a very lovely evening tonight with this uh, man, <clears throat> magic user. <laughs> a manly magic user. His and... name is Tomlin, <laughs> and he is a <laughs> he is a wizard through his power. The the laws of a river obey. I'm gonna cut in here, and you two are chattering as you head back to. Our... Yeah, right. I think you should. Stop yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna interject <laughs> here. So, um, are there any of these other threads that you want to continue pursuing? The day is getting on because this kind of stuff takes time. And, uh, um, yeah, I think that it would be really good for us to kind of map out or find out where, um, some of the priests of Anuakma yeah. are. I don't know if we'll have time today, but it'd be good for us to know where they're located so that perhaps tomorrow we could go there. I just think we need to get a little bit more information about. Paranew, maybe just I don't know if we need a ton more information. Do we? Do we have a map? No, we we do have that really good we map do. that we got from the traders to yes. get there. Yes, you do have a good map. It might be. Uh, do we want to travel with anyone else, or do, do we just want to go with our on our carpet? So that's really interesting. I had thought about kind of when when the notion of you have to have a deep connection with the spirituality of the city to find it in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's kind of why I, I mean, I was only half joking about sort of the undead connection to vampirism because if we need kind of like an escort, a priest, or I'm really intrigued by the, um, the intelligent ghouls, the yeah. that are cool. And like, maybe if like one of them was cool and could act as kind of like our, <laughs> our undead henna to kind of like get us like past the gates and like into the place yeah. because they're connected to it. Um, but then again, we don't necessarily, again, want to be beholden to anybody, especially because by the time we get to that point, like the stakes are going to be real, real. Yeah. But it's, but it's an interesting notion, right? Like depending on, the success of access of like finding the city in the first place. And like, we may or may not need an escort. Okay. So let's hold off on that. But I think that if we either go to the embalmers guild or some of the priests of Anakma, I think maybe that will be a, a good last mm -hmm. information yeah. getting. And then 
once we talk to um, Yalter, then we can head off to Paranu. Mm-hmm. Right? We're, yeah. we're also supposed to meet up with, um, uh, what's his name? Yolok. Yolok. He's supposed to give us information in Nuria as well. So yeah. we'll have to meet up with him at some point. Or perhaps just get a letter from him or whatever. <laughs> whatever Depending happens. on Brendan's availability. Yeah. So... Um, okay, so which of those do you want to pursue in your time remaining? As you get back to the the region area around the forest of obelisks, you see you, you come upon uh, two priests of the god Aten having a very passionate public debate um, around some very finer points of his uh, his gospel and his sovereign, unique divinity and and what that what that means for the of what the status of these other supposed divine beings in the world are since a 10 is the only true divine being that anyway it's a whole lot of sound and fury but the people listening seem very into it Mm. but you know some fire and brimstone going on i don't know if we want to interrupt them to ask i don't recommend it no they're they're not anuakma this is a 10 this is this is set dressing Mm -hmm. okay um, but yeah, if you I want to go that, pursue um, the priest, if you want to go pursue the embalmers guild, what do you want to do? Which you want to do first, Eleanor? I don't know if we need both of them. So whichever's closest. Well, the embalmers guild is interesting because they're. I mean, who do we really want to talk to, right? Do we want to talk to, like, the trades folk? Or do we want to talk to, like, sort of the spiritual heads? Maybe they'll be more like academians. Maybe we should talk to the priests. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to suggest a clever check at this point to do some information gathering around the priest of Anuakma. Because there's lots of them, but there's a bit of, there's a, it's a matter of kind of navigating and asking good questions to help you, um, yeah. mo- help you find the right one who can actually give you good information. Okay. Because there's shrines of Anuakma all over the place, but that I'm thinking Mir is still thinking about her water wizard <clears throat> a little bit as we're kind of going through the town. <laughs> So I'm going to do the I, mean, do I haven't forgotten him, but I'm not, like, pining at this point. I mean, I didn't even know he was asking me out until, uh, you know, That's until true. after I responded. I've got a three. Okay, you needed a two, so you're good. Okay, so you're able, you, you, are, you start seeding some questions, and people kind of point you this way and that way, and after a bit of, of uh, getting directed around, you eventually make your way to a... Um, a small shrine where there's an elderly priest who uh, th- it seems to focus on caring for the old in their in their kind of twilight days, almost like hospice. Mm. Um, and uh, he is. It's getting it's getting almost mm. towards evening. Not quite. You've still got some le- some time, but he's uh, kind of on the end of his end of his day. And he welcomes you in graciously. It's us in, into his small shrine, and uh, he introduces himself as Mylar, and uh, gestures to the two of you to come sit on a little bench in his uh, in his shrine. And he gives you each a bit of uh, refreshing water, and 
now I, I understand you're you're interested in. You said something about Paranu. Yes, that is right. Um, my friend and I, we need to travel there, and we've never been. We honestly don't know much about it. So any information you can give us about how to find the city and anything you know about the God King, um, the Warden of the Red Portal, would be extremely helpful to us. Ah, yes. I... In my younger days, I... I did actually make a pilgrimage there, and I was there. I stayed. I stayed for a full a full three years. And then I eventually came back and, and have spent the rest of my time here in this city. But, ah, oh, it's an interesting, interesting place. The, 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 it feels like the, the underworld is just so close, you know. And... It was a profoundly, it was a profoundly spiritual, it was a, it was a time of profound spiritual discovery for me personally. But, um, well, let me, let me think. It's a, there, the reason that it's so special is because there are three portals to the underworld underneath the city itself. Which, the fact that there's anything under the city itself is fairly remarkable. Here, we're on, we're on a water table. The only things under the, that can go underground are built in the, are the, the great tombs built into the mountain. He kind of gestures, um, to the, to the, uh, tombs of the god kings that are far off in the distance. You, if you tried to build a, if you tried to dig a basement in, under the shrine, it would fill up with water. But there, they're out on a rock bed, and it goes deep. There are tunnels, and anyway. But there are three marvelous portals to the underworld, and each one is actually protected by one of the hounds of Anuakma, the three, the giant three-headed hounds. And each portal is, is sacred to a different priesthood. And each one goes to a, a different location in the underworld and it's just a it's a remarkable place and the god king irsu comet uh the god king irsu tanetsi comet was once a simple a simple priest of his own uh well he was originally a king actually if you if you really dig into the history back in the 16th dynasty he was a king himself in the the original ruler of the many pillared palace there in Anuakma many 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 centuries ago and but after he died he rose as one of the undead crossing the veil of death and he went on a pilgrimage of his own around around our lands and eventually returned home to his palace and has been a ruling there ever since leading the city in its uh, bringing it closer to the underworld. Why would he want to bring a city of the living closer to the underworld? There are many things people could call Puranu. I don't know that city of the living applies. Think of it as a... 
Well, you you know how there are holidays through the year when the the veil between uh, the mortal world and the underworld become particularly thin? It's sort of like that all the time. And for those of us who worship Anuakma, it's a very special place because of that. Now, do all of... Do, did did the God King and all of the various beings that have made their home there do that because it's so close to the underworld? Or did it become close to the underworld because of the combined energy and efforts of all of the Death Seekers? I don't know, but it's a very interesting question. I'd have never heard an authoritative answer, and ultimately it might be it might only matter from a philosophical standpoint. The truth, the mat, what matters is that it is. It's a very interesting perspective. <clears throat> I have to say, I, I've never, I've never heard death and the death beyond the life beyond death, so to speak, spoken with, spoken about with such reverence and. It almost sounds like hope. My dear, that is my life's calling. And he gives you a nice little, and you know, a, a grandfatherly pat on the leg. Now, what is your business going there? It's not a city for everyone. We believe that the answers that we seek are in Perinu. Mm. There are many, many, many great scholars and wise men and philosophers there. It's true. I myself found many answers on my own personal journey there. Mm. Yes. Yes. Where do these portals... You said that there are three portals, mm -hmm. and they all go to the underworld. Do you know if any of the portals go to the Shadow Realm? No, definitely not. They all go to different areas of the underworld. And despite there is a common misunderstanding that the Shadow Realm and the Underworld are actually the same thing, and that is not at all true. The, the stuff of Shadow is entirely different than, than the, the Underworld. The Shadow Realm is a reflection of this world. It's... Um, he, he's kind of rubbing his fingers together like he's searching for the, for the, for, it's a, almost like a, a replica of this world made entirely of the, of shadow stuff. Whereas the underworld is an entirely different thing. There is no mirror between, the underworld is not a mirror of this world at all. It's, it is its own separate realm where the souls of the dead go for their eternal rest. The Shadow Realm is a thriving, living place of its own, and those who die in the Shadow Realm also go to the Underworld. They're entirely different. It's a common mistake. We've heard tale that the God King in Perinu knows how to access the Shadow Realm. Oh. I mean, that seems entirely likely. He, I mean, frankly, the, there's him and the entire guild of 
the honorable society of portal wizards is extremely powerful in the city. They are one of two major magical orders that really make their home in Paranu, and I, I dare say they, the, if the rumors are to be believed, God King Irsu Tanetsi Kamet is the most powerful portal wizard on this world. Are there... But there are others, you say. Oh, yes. Are there any and... portal wizards in this city? Hmm. Perhaps. Mm. I don't know any, but maybe? Is there a guild representation here where one might inquire after them? They... They're less of a guild and more of a a school of thought. They're not like the embalmers guild is a practice is a proper guild. You pay mem they pay membership dues. They go through a very specific certification and training process. And there's a whole there's a whole economy around the embalmers guild. the The portal wizards are. They're, uh, well, like the name says, they're a society. They each study what they study, and they try to share knowledge, and they, but they also each try to hide their own learnings to, to keep themselves special and powerful. I mean, they're wizards. They, they, you know what they, well, maybe you don't, but <laughs> they don't cooperate in the way, and or organize in the way that a guild does, but they associate and support each other as their interests align. Thank you, that's very helpful. So in your in your time spent in Pur Anu and your whatever connection you may have had with the God King, whether it was spiritual or um Actually, if you ever had an uh, audience with him, I'm curious if you ever gleaned any information as to um, his associates in this um, uh, portal wizard society. No, none at all. I've never been anywhere near the God King. He rarely leaves the Many-Pillared Palace and... Uh... That is a place that the living generally don't go if they can avoid it. The servants, the servants there are all undead. And many of them are of the very intelligent and frankly terrifying variety. I never set foot there and I don't recommend that you do either. It's not safe. Thank you. But let's say we had to. <laughs> Would <sighs> you recommend, let's say, lives were on the line if mm. we had nothing to lose, mm. if there was absolute dire circumstances, what would you recommend would be the best way to ensure the living safety when entering the inner sanctum of the dead? 
you should... In your expert opinion, of course. That's a very good question. I would strongly recommend that you get warded first. There are... There is magic that a... A... Properly gifted priest of... Of Aniwakma or possibly of the gods who stand for life and the sun would be an appropriate fit as well. Um, uh, certainly priests of Aten or, or, or Horus might be appropriate as well, but they, there are certain wards that they could put on you that would protect you from the, the, from the scourings of negative energy that surround many of the undead or their ability to control your mind. Um, yes, that, uh, something like that is certainly, um, appropriate. I myself wore such a charm, um, for my, the entire time that I was in the city. It was, uh, it's definitely a place where I needed to be quite careful. I, you understand. Of course. Do you have anyone? Is is the person who who provided you these protections? Are they located in the city? You could certainly find um, any number of of clerics of one of these gods there. Um, clerics of Anuakma are not hard to find in the city. The the difference is. Oh, well, this is hard to explain. Not all priests of the gods are similarly gifted in their in their magical divine powers. You see, we follow the gods out of faith in what they represent and and the power they exert on our world. I I myself have some limited gifts from from Anuakma that I that allow me to care for the sick and the wounded but I am no I am no battle priest there's very different sorts of training and and frankly gifts from from your from your god that that touch each of us differently and you have to find find one who has been gifted with the ability to do more than simply say a prayer on your behalf and to truly make that divine power felt in the world. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, I, I guess that's why I ask, because I'm curious, as you seem to have spent such an extensive period of time uh, so close to this epicenter and so well protected. Um, if you had a, I mean, you lived to see many years far past past uh, this protection, so it obviously worked, and oh, yes. your life is long lived and intact. And so that's sort of how I'd prefer to live my life: long lived and fully intact. So I'm curious uh, if you have any recommendations. I um, I wore as to the quality we we are after. Yes, I wore an, because I was looking at this as a long, this was a long-term 
situation, I had an amulet that provided me with that protection um, as long as I wore it. And I'm sure that amulet still works today. I actually passed it on to another initiate of my order who was going on a similar pilgrimage. Likewise, it, that same amulet was gifted to me by one of the elders who helped me prepare for my pilgrimage. Enchanting those is, is, uh, is, is, is a lot of work and a, a significant investment of efforts and materials. And so they tend to be, uh, treated as, as holy relics and passed on. They're, there's certainly more of them out there. Now, also, if you find an appropriate, um, an appropriately powerful priest, of, they, they would be able to cast a, you know, the, 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 a similar spell on you, but it would be temporary. I mean, that, that would suit us just fine. If, uh, if our journey is to go according to plan, uh, we don't spend, we don't intend to spend a great deal of time there, but to say the least, the level of protection we may need for that time would be very high. Hmm. Unfortunately, I don't have uh, access to that sort of thing anymore. It certainly could be possible if you were, if you were to make an appropriately significant donation to the Church of Anuakma, they might bequeath you with with some of these uh, these items, but they're not just generally for they're not for sale in the market, you know. But that Correct. being said, I'm, I'm sure there are other types of you know wizards or enchanters who might be able to produce similar results with different flavors of magic that you might be able to find elsewhere. I, my, my knowledge on the subject is relatively limited because I had a, a particular direction and source. And so that's how, that's how I protected myself for my time there. Well, you've given us a great deal to go on and, uh, and I, and your, your wisdom is, is greatly appreciated and will absolutely be put to good use so we we deeply appreciate your um your sharing of your insight he smiles and he uh he he kind of gives you that grandfatherly pat on the leg again and stands up and he let me pose a question for you to think about as you go visit Puranu because really this is the entire core of what we what we believe in the Church of Anuakma is that by really looking and, and at at death, it gives you an, a new appreciation for life. And we have eternity. We have all eternity to be dead. And we'll spend far more time in the underworld than we spend up here. And I'll tell you, because of that, I value each and every day that I have spent on this earth as I and and every day that I age and get older, I appreciate it more. I feel quite bad for those poor 
those poor living undead, the Darakul, who possibly might live forever. But I don't know what they're living for. Something for you to ponder on your journey to the city of Crimson Pillars, and I hope that you are safe. Now, if you don't mind, I do have some further duties to attend to before I close the shrine for the night. Uh, thank you very much. We also have some uh, some things to attend to as well, Mira. Hmm. We we won't hold up your work uh, any further. Um, our, our deepest gratitude. Thank you, and may Anuakma watch all of your steps for the end of your days. Thank you. You as well. It's an awful lot of steps we've got between us, eh, Eleanor? Hey. <laughs> Truer words. You know, I, after, I know what he was saying. I was reading what he was saying, but I couldn't help but think he pities the undead who walk this earth for eternity. Where do we stand in I... terms of walking the earth and where our mortality leans one way or the other? I mean, I guess you could say that if we don't age and we don't die, we are sort of, I mean, we're not dead, but like, we're not undead, but and we're definitely alive. Correct, but the, the concept of mortality and the consequences of each day in terms of this, the percentage of, the day, of a day in the life of a person, when given eternal life, or at least the potential of one, it's, it's an interesting prospect, no? It is, and something I think is interesting is you keep talking about this time that you've been away from your grove as in such a long amount of time and and I'm sure it does feel like so much time because think about how much think about how much life we've lived in the past two weeks we've seen more action and excitement in these two weeks than I can remember in the past 50 years it's true and I I feel like I may be losing myself in the metaphor here, but <laughs> if you think of a tree in a forest <laughs> and if it gets, if a, if a branch breaks off, if, it, if a, a creature, a squirrel, let's say, scampers through a tree canopy and breaks off a small limb, the time it takes for that tree to heal that wound, it, it may just look like a broken stick for years. And then over the course of time, the new wood will slowly close over and then it will become nothing but a, a, a burl or, a, not, or a, a chunk grown over and healed that just adds to the greater texture of this tree's greater trunk. And, and unless you had known that broken branch before, decades could have passed, you wouldn't have even known that branch was there and this tree continues on with its day and the consequence of a broken limb is nothing in the scheme of the centuries old tree. But if you take that same tree 
and deprive it of water and sun for days that will have a very strong impact on on the growth and you know if it's if it's removed from its life-giving elements for too long you you will be able to track that record in the cross-section of that tree for centuries you'd be able to track the trauma that that tree sustained when deprived from its life-giving elements You've lost so, me a bit, Mira. Are we, are, sorry. Are we trees or are we branches? Is, or am I the squirrel? <laughs> given the course of time in the lifespan of a tree, life can go on as usual with barely a record and the tree will go on living and doing its thing and it may not even notice that these events have even taken place. But if something extreme removes it from the elements off of which it thrives that would cause great trauma to that tree and may change it forever beyond recognition even drought or flood can change an entire forest in a day it could so i guess what i'm saying is it does seem like i've been gone for an eternity. It may only have been two weeks, but this is the longest I've been away since I set foot in the Oasis. And my life was just going along just fine. And, you know, day in, day out, the figs and and the grove and the court and the sultan. And I never really gave each day its own due consideration. Because what is one day in a centuries, centuries of life? But in these last two weeks, when removed from that, every day something new happens or doesn't happen and makes me reevaluate my entire place in this world. Mm. And and you, I mean, your entire existence. I mean, your your life is you've you've spent a lot more time on this earth than I have, and and your life and sort of your place in it, and how you function has has had a huge revelation. It's true. I honestly feel like the time I spent in the oasis is becoming a blur. It was very day to day. It blended together with there was lots of parties, lots of people coming going, lots of fig deliveries, lots of parties. It just sort of I don't know, it didn't feel like day to day. It just felt like I was in motion. And now that we're here, I feel alive. It's an interesting concept. The value of life when you have access to an eternal one. I can see there is wisdom in the priest's words. I agree. Now, excuse me, I have to retire to our room. I've got a hot date tonight. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
So Mira is able to go up to the room to her the room that the two of you have and is able to get ready. And is Eleanor just going to kind of spend the night resting? Is she gonna do anything else? I think Eleanor is probably gonna head down to maybe like a local pub or something okay. nearby, go have a drink, go have some local food. Okay. Maybe a tagine. Ooh, it's a Sure, sure, why not? <laughs> Maybe go mingle a bit. Okay. And then come back to the room and get a nice, nice good night sleeping. Okay, because it's been a while. So, okay, cool. That makes sense. Very good. So, for Mira, so you come back and you get ready, and then um, at the. Uh, you're waiting down in the common room when Tomlin comes in and he he looks like he's kind of spruced himself up he was in fairly he was in working um working utility clothes earlier today and now he's he's not dressed up like like in like finery he, he but he's definitely like cleaned up <laughs> and uh he is uh he takes you to a uh to a local place that specializes in um in uh, really exotic um, uh, salads and like grilled vegetables, and um, he and uh, it's 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 really it it it's really cute because it's um, definitely catering to a certain angle that whether you like it or not, it it's uh, he definitely made a choice about where to take you. Um, he clocked me. He clocked you. So. And I will, <laughs> he he made a choice to choose something he thought I would like, knowing so little about me, but he clearly made an effort, yeah. which has not gone unrecognized. Cool. So he sits in the, the he, he's keeping it very low key. He's, uh, he tells you. He tells you more about himself. He, um, his, uh, he's lived in, he's lived in Nuria for his entire life. He, uh, his, his father was a, um, his father was a tile layer and he, um, did, but he, he worked actually on a special project in the palace, which gave them enough, uh, a bit of a, a step up in life. And, and that opened up doors for, um, for Tomlin to be able to go study, uh, at the, at the, uh, at the school he did in order to then become a water wizard. And he's been doing this now for, you know, 20, 20 ish years. And, uh, so he's just kind of telling, you know, just given his, his, uh, sort of his life story and he has been um he has been uh married with um with children but uh his wife died in a uh in a when a illness swept through about uh 10 years ago so it's been a long time and his their uh their one child is a young man um who is now 16 and is uh kind of starting to do his own thing he's actually studying to be an architect um and is 
and is in his apprenticeship, so he doesn't live at home anymore. But um, but they uh, that's a fairly recent development, and Tomlin finds himself he's alone a lot, so he's just kind of sp- like l- spilling the spilling his beans and just trying to share his share his his life uh, and what his uh, what he's kind of been living. So what Mira finds so interesting is this kind of like snapshot of what is effectively the this world's equivalent of a townie, a mm. magical townie, is, you know, given the context of the conversation that we just had, right? Like we showed up into town and, you know, we are sort of out of our element. We've upped our game, gone from her best debt to the big time, big city. We're talking to the, you know, this possible, the closest connection that we have to go home. So it's like, we are, we were a fish out of water. Now we're like a really small fish in a really big pond, but also out of water. (laughs) I'm losing the metaphor, but go with me. Um, (laughs) That, and now it's like, we we've gotten so close to the connection to home that we can taste it. And, you know, we've talked to somebody who's ambassador of the Oasis. We're like, Oasis peeps. We got possibly a way to magically collect call home. Like we're so close. And then we talked to this priest who like makes me like reframe my entire definition of like what it means to be alive and like, what is the lifespan of a single being when it comes to like the concept of time itself. And, and now I'm like sitting here at dinner with this person who's totally disconnected from all of that. As far as I know, has never really questioned the meaning of existence. And he's just talking about like, he's a native of the city and he grew up and went to school and his dad is a tradesman. He's had a wife and son who, you know, wife tragically died and the son is going off and going to make something of himself in the world. And now he just kind of goes in day out and does his work. And man, you know, what can happen in a single day and the (laughs) questions that you can ask about your own life that you don't intend to face. Holy cow. Meanwhile, my salad is delightful. <laughs> <laughs> so then he kind of turn, you know, he he takes a pause and a breath, and well, I've been I've been talking about I've been talking about me this whole time. What what you what has brought you to Nuria? You're clearly not from here. You're are you just passing through? What has brought you here? Um, unforeseen circumstances, um, to say the least. Um, I, um, I've spent a lot of time alone and I, I can relate to what it means to be alone with your thoughts. And in those years, I I saw it as a gift because it allowed me time to connect with the earth itself and the this sounds this sounds <laughs> the earth was my friend and that seemed like the earth was all I needed 
and my connection to the the life-giving forces of the environment around me seemed all I needed to sustain me. And then by happenstance, I found myself in a completely new environment that changed, well, literally changed my life. And I, while I still had my bouts of solitude, my, the significance to others that my daily work um, signified, it gave me purpose. And I felt connected to others through my work. Although maybe I didn't spend a ton of time with others socially. And I thought that was enough. And I see people from time to time. I take excursions, uh, day trips here and there, but never for very long. Mm -hmm. And it seemed means to an end. Just I have to go through a few motions to get back home and get back to my tree and and resume my work. And that sustained me. Again, I found a new environment on which to thrive. And then through completely unforeseen circumstances, I found myself in about as foreign an environment as I could imagine, staying for a lot longer than I planned. Hmm. And without my home, without my purpose to sustain my my daily motivations, I've had to question everything about my life, it seems. And, and so my journey, although not direct, well, my journey itself, I guess, as one could follow on a map, seems to be pretty direct. How I got here, the places I've been, the folks I've talk to it if one tracked my steps on a map i haven't traveled very far but if one were to ask me how far i've come in my thoughts about life itself from the day i left to sitting here with you i feel like I haven't been home in a lifetime. Huh. So I'd love you to tell me more about he 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 want he wants you to tell tell him more about your your grove and he wants to understand your um your experience with you kind of the relationship between like your magic and this these like the 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 spirits of earth and he kind of goes off on his own on a tangent about how his own his own work with water is extremely is extremely technical and acad and began a very academic but he took a he he took a uh, i remember when i i took a tr i i was part of a a trade group on a on a barge and my my responsibility was to help ensure that the river stayed stayed calm as we made our trip and i 
for a good two weeks, I was just on the boat all the time. And I feel like I gained a new, a new level of appreciation for the river, not just as a, not just as a body of, of water and, and drops that, that were moving with kinetic force, but, but as an, as an entity that was almost maybe alive. And I, I I feel like I get bits of that in what you talk about when you, when you talk about your, your connection to the earth. And I just, well, I want to know more about that. And he, he wants, he, he tries to get you to, we don't have to, we don't have to go through all the D, but he, he wants to, he wants to get you to go there for the night. So this is, I want to, I want to do a thing. Cool. And you may even make me roll for it, but I, I trust this guy and I feel like he trusts me and I feel like this is a safe space. And, and today has been a day of questions, right? I mean, we're really questioning what it means to be alive and maybe reevaluating some of our ideas and, and talking about connection to our magic and the sources of our magic, especially inspired by, you know, him saying he was at sea and then his connection with the water, um, and what he did in that time. Um, I, I'd like to try something if you'd, if you'd indulge me, would, would you do an experiment with me for, for the sake of, let's say from one arcane studies expert to another. Uh, and I, I let him think it over. He doesn't even have to answer, but I, sure. Um, I, Ta- I'm trying to think of what's on my salad. Um, what would be on a salad in this um, environment? Down here, it's uh, it's thin, thin leaves, very uh, very arugula like, uh-huh. um, and grapes, and um, and uh, um, I mean. Um, Dates? Would there be dates? Yeah, that's a good, yep. Yeah. Okay. So I take a date, a single date from the, from the plate and, um, presumably they're halved Mm -hmm. and I, I, with a, with my spoon, I scoop out, um, a single seed from the middle and I hold it in my palm and I, I even like, I dip my finger in my water glass and I like, I like touch it to it and I'm in my palm. I take that date seed and I grow a new date from that seed. And the date, what I'm trying to do to see if the date that came from the earth without any magical means, just a plant that grew out of the ground and the, the fruit touched by my magic mm-hmm. vis-a-vis the figs, um, has any effective taste or if, if we share this fig, mm-hmm. my, my intention is, and then this is to you, the GM, yeah. what I'd like to do is make, make a date in my hand, split it. He eats half and I eat half. Mm-hmm. And I want him to 
physically share in the effect of my magic so that mm -hmm. he can kind of understand. Cause when he's saying like, he wants to know like what the effect is of like what I was doing in my grove, like what that connection to my tree really was all about. It's when all of my understandings of earth magic go into growing something, what that has, what effect that can have on a person. Okay. Sure. I'm not going to make you roll for it because this is a very, you can take your time okay. here. And, uh, and so, yeah, but then this is, this is fun and low stakes for the, for the sake of this. So yeah, sure. Okay. So you're able to pull the, fi the seed from a, a fig and you're able to kind of share, or oh, sorry, not a fig. date, not a like, fig. Really? I'm trying right. to like, at least hold back something. <laughs> sure. So, um, sorry, you hold, you take a date, you take the seed out, you, you uh, use that seed to grow a new, the, the new fruity fig stuff, or, or not fig, ah, fruity date <laughs> stuff around that seed. And then you're going to kind of split it and you're, you're going to do a taste comparison. Is that what I'm, is that what I'm yeah. understanding? Mm-hmm. Okay. I want him to, I, I would like to share yeah. in the, in the fruit that I grew from my magic. Okay. All right. So it takes, it takes a little while of kind of patiently coaxing the fleshy fruit to grow around the seed again. And, but after, after a little bit, the two of you are sitting there looking at your, uh, a, freshly grown date in the palm of your hand. It is notably as it would appear when it was coming off the tree, which is a little different than the one that it was because it's been like aged a bit, mm -hmm. come, you know, cause usually they don't just come right off the tree and right to the plate. Um, mm. And, uh, but it is, it is real and it is edible. What? do you um go ahead and actually give me a focus roll not to succeed but to see let's see how uh just to get a sense of the quality okay plus two to focus okay so uh i'm gonna say from that that it is um not uh, that it is as you're as you're tasting it you're 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 probably a little more critical of it of it yourself um but it's it feels a little over firm and a little too fibery but mm. he takes a bite and seems very pleased and uh and is is just kind of sitting there chewing on it thoughtfully Wow. Thanks for sharing that with me. So your magic makes new life. That's it's pretty beautiful. I appreciate the compliment. Um, I, I like to think that I can channel the life-giving elements of nature in ways that maybe are unconventional. 
I don't want to say that I give life. I merely, through the earth, can help it along. Mm. So you're not, or it, so you wouldn't, you can't force something that can't happen on its own. No, I do. I don't think I could reanimate hmm. a, a tree that was. Well, <laughs> this is categorically untrue <laughs> because I've, I've actually done it. Um, no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't restore life without having. having something to draw uh, vitality from mm -hmm. and not like in a sapping, like, you know, take a life to give another, like it's, it's nature gives, there's the, the, the sunlight and the water, as you know, you know, the, the life giving powers of water and then combined with, you know, the earth and the nutrients and uh, you know, the flora of this, of this earth itself, mm -hmm. there, there is life and power to be shared. And if something needs a little oomph, a little more boost mm -hmm. to maybe reach, reach potential that it couldn't naturally otherwise, then I help it get there. I can communicate enough with the powers of the environment that we can maybe bend bend some things in ways that were previously thought not possible. Interesting. This is just so different than what what I do. I I interact with things on a very on a very physical kinetic level. When I when I, he he takes this uh, a glass of um or a, a you guys have clay glass clay cups of water, and he um takes the cup and he kind of focuses on the palm of his hand and he pours the cup out and it forms into kind of a it almost like he's pouring it into an invisible um an invisible little bowl sitting on top of his palm palm of his hand uh, and he so. I'm not communing with this water. I'm not coaxing the water. I am hard, I am strengthening the surface tension along the perimeter of the water. And when it's done, it just he kind of pulls it, tips his hand and holds it back to the cup and release and his hand releases and the water pours like sort of just almost as if a, almost like a popping balloon just drops into the water and, and I'm manipulating it, but there's, but I've, I've been interested in a greater connection to it. So this is all, this is all very fun. I, 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 I think of myself as a craftsman and of what I do. And uh, I like the most important work we do here is is repairing and maintaining the wards along the river. And I don't know, I find a lot of joy and purpose in my work because even though even though the the actual thing I'm doing feels rather technical, 
the importance of what it means for everyone around here is is pretty immense and i i feel a great deal of pride every every flood season when the water surges through the river and it stays right there where we need it to stay and everyone here on this side of the bank stays safe and life goes on anyway i'm i'm getting <laughs> forgive me i'm 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 getting carried away but this is uh this has been this has been really fun. Thank you for taking the night, and I think uh, I think I need to get you get you uh, get you back to your to your inn. And uh, so he starts walking you back. And so I don't suppose you'd be open to doing this again tomorrow night. I think I'd enjoy that very much. I'd enjoy that too. I've got a long. I've got a another. I've got a get to bed for an early morning tomorrow, but I'd really enjoy seeing you again. I would too. May I choose the setting for our next evening? Sounds great. How does the weather look for tomorrow? Uh, I think fairly mild. It's a fairly mellow day. Okay. The day will be hot. The evening should be a bit. The e evening will be a bit humid, but uh, I don't think we have any storms coming in. If the weather seems to be agreeable, I'd like to have a picnic. I'd like you to show me your. You probably know this bank inch by inch, its entire length. I'd like to see your favorite spot by the river. Ooh, that sounds fun. All right. Tomorrow night. Because, like, I really want to have, like, a private setting, like, not with surroundings by, sure. you know, peepers. Because I, I want to have, like, if I'm going to have, like, a meeting of the magical minds and we're going to do, like, the you know, sort of like magical trick off kind yeah, of thing yeah. where it's like, look what I can do with plants. Look what I can do with water. And like that kind of thing. I, that's been like the most exciting interaction I've had with another magic user in a very long time, because it's fun to kind of like up the stakes without the stakes actually being like, we've had to use magic obviously mm. to like save our skins and like get us out of situations where we are like, you know, hunted. And it would be really nice to like, not be conspicuous and to be able to kind of not show off in a boastful way, but to kind of like stretch a muscle. Yeah. That Maybe do some fun. cool magic. So if we're like under the shade of a tree, having like a nice evening picnic by fire, by candlelight, on like a blanket by the river, like that's just a great setting to be able to like, I don't know, have a like, tiny scale romantic wizards duel i sure. think would be really fun <laughs> Sounds see what good. we can each do and just have fun with it in a totally no stakes safe space cool sounds like a plan so he um he take he he takes you back up to the the door of your inn and he says uh well thank you again I hope you have a wonderful night, and I will see you same time tomorrow. 
with a little smile on his face. Works for me. Have a good evening, Mira Barkridge.